and we are live. Welcome to the podcast, Perplexium. Nick Martinez, thank you for joining me. Hey, what's up, Dylan? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Glad you're here. And, uh, hey, thanks for the ch- coffee. Cheers. Of course. Cheers. Hope it's all right. Yeah, thanks, man. I told them a little bit of uh, vanilla. and uh, It's you know, it's good. Yeah. Good. Probably like got to shake it up a little bit. But yeah. How's jujitsu been going? Pretty bad, man. I fucked up my knees. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, you know, like two months ago, I landed super hard on my left knee. And then I, about after a month, I started training again. And then I had one of my buddies, uh, Edgar, I had him in a triangle. And he was like getting out. And it fucking just popped on the outside. Edgar's so good. I know. I know. He's, he's, he's getting strong, too. I love that guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's... uh. After uh, you left, I had to, you know, rely on him for good rounds, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Giving me too much credit. Yeah. So, that's how we met, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, back in 2018 at uh, the University of Jiu-Jitsu, Salo and Shanji Hibiero's. You know, I remember the first day I met you. Really? Yeah, you were like, oh, that's a cool hat. (laughs) Because I was wearing, like, a Jiu-Jitsu hat. Right. Um... I remember that day, and I was like, oh, it looks like a visitor. I'm going to turn you up just a little bit, probably. It's probably good. All right. How's that? It's probably good. I don't have the headphones in. but I'm probably we'll, not talking loud enough on the We'll, we'll find out right? afterwards, yeah. but I can always turn everything up later. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, you're involved with, uh, with that company. Or... Yeah, actually, uh, the owner, his name is Jesse, he... Uh, I've known him since I was like maybe 19, 20, 21. I'm not sure. Like he was uh, one of my best friends, was one of his best friends, and then we became friends, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't until 2017 when I told him I'm ready to quit working downtown. And I want to start doing jujitsu. He's like, Yeah, me too. I want. I need to get a. He's like, I need to get back in shape. So. Then that's how I found, first I found Leo, Leo Santos. Mm-hmm. Then we started training with him in La Jolla. Trained with him, you know, that whole year there. Um, by the summertime, I started training at the U. That way I can get more um, more sparring. So this was all in your first year of training jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I liked the La Jolla spot because it was like a really small classes and usually there was about two black belts. We would have Solo teach sometimes, Sanji would be there, um, Gustavo Diaz, Victor Hugo. And we had like classes, like maybe like six, seven, eight people mm-hmm. that big. So it's like we're getting like really good detail and attention every single time I train. I like when the class size is smaller because, you, yeah, you get more focus. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was like... In, we did a lot of like fundamentals because most of the students were like the highest belt was like maybe a purple belt at you know whenever we're training so it's all good fundamentals and that's like that was really good for me when i first started because you know sometimes you start doing like a little bit more advanced stuff and you just get lost mm-hmm. as a white belt yeah you know but with a small class they, they can take care of you you know yeah and you're a purple belt now yeah, yeah, purple. Can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think. Like, I remember being a white belt and feeling the power of purple belts at that time uh-huh. and having that just feel so far. And then now both of us are purple belts, and yeah, it's crazy to believe that. And you're going to be a black belt, though. Yeah, yeah, you too, man. Yeah, yeah you too. For sure. We'll probably be black around the same time. I believe it. I, that's what I think, too. Yeah. I'm going to try to align my progression mm-hmm. you're you've always been did you play pokemon growing up i did <laughs> all right so man i used to be addicted to pokemon <laughs> do you remember gary yeah all right so the rivalry between uh ash and gary, gary i wouldn't say that like you're we, the gary okay. <laughs> you're gary <laughs> I, we don't have a rivalry but yeah. i the way that they would like keep each other in check uh-huh I kind of think of us that way. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, How would you describe your jujitsu? You know what? Uh, learning from like Salo and Sanji, I, I think it's 
I try to copy them. Like when I, whenever I train, I just try to copy them and do the things that they did. And um, so, it's pretty fundamental. 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 Yeah. I don't really get into any advanced things or whatever and especially uh you know since i started helping with the kids classes mm-hmm. i get extra time on the fundamentals just getting mental reps knowing the fundamentals like inside and out that way i can help teach the kids better and so i just got more fundamentals like just in the system keep going and going mm-hmm. and um you know uh like nadim yeah i had him start helping out my my class and I told him, man, you're, you know, you're gonna, it's, it's good that you're gonna be here because you're gonna get extra fundamental work. Uh huh. You know, everything that you need, you know, from, you know, to advance the blue. Cause he's like the green with like four stripes right now. And he's, he's like on the, you know, he's on the, on the verge of yeah. turning blue soon, you know? In my opinion, the Six Blades Hibiero style uh-huh. team, I think that's really the best way to be a white belt. Because you're going to have more focused, smaller classes. And they're not always small. I mean, some academies are have a lot of students. Mm-hmm. But they're so uh, focused on the basics, uh, learning the real meat and potato, fundamental jujitsu. Yeah, the movements, how to move properly. Yeah, and concepts, right? Like, yeah, what not to do. Yeah, what not to do. Especially as white belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a blessed way to uh, to be a white belt. So I was gonna ask you uh, what what was it about the uh, the Hibiero team? Well, like what drew you to uh, Salo and Shanji? But it's it sounds like you kind of just knew the right people at the right time. Yeah, you know, I ha- honestly I I seen them. I wasn't really into like you know watching like jujitsu jujitsu stuff. I was more into like UFC type stuff. And I had seen, I remember I met like Diego Sanchez a long time ago. Um, and then I saw he was like on UFC and then he was training at the university. And, you know, I saw Salo in his corner and he was training with Salo and Sanji. And uh, I remember them from there. You know, uh-huh. he's like, he w- I remember one thing he said. He said, there's black belts and then there's super black belts. Oh, yeah. You know, th- there's a difference. Yeah. You know, world class black belts. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, there's a lot of black belts out there, but, you know, uh, how often do you find a Hall of Fame one, you know? Yeah, I, that was uh, that was my experience when I visited. I started jiu-jitsu in South Florida, and when I went to, uh, you know, Cyborg, Roberto, mm-hmm. Abreu? Mm-hmm. So when I went to Cyborg's Academy and I met him, have you ever seen him? Actually, I did. I, I saw him when, when Victor fought him Yeah. at that uh, Worlds 2019. Yeah. Yeah, so like I couldn't believe like Man, that guy's got a big neck. He's just, he's just like a huge <laughs> oh human God. being. Yeah, massive. And so when I went to visit that academy and I was talking to the I was talking to the people there, uh-huh. they're like, "Look, there's black belts, and then there's black belts. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a whole different beast." Yeah, you know. So what's it like being a male model? <laughs> it's interesting. It's up and down. You know, uh, you never know what's next or. You know, sometimes your schedule's clean, you don't got nothing going on, so you got free time to work on other things, and then sometimes you're just like, you know, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do, you know, so. How'd you get into that? I mean, did you, like, was that something that you initiated, or did you start it when you were when you were a kid? No, actually, I started when I was 28. I used to hate taking pictures. <laughs> I hate. I used to hate taking pictures. I used to hate being in front of class. Like I used to hate like reading. Like anything where the attention was on you, I hated it. Like I like I would kind of like freeze up and crumble. So I think, and and I think the the things that I do are opposite to my natural personality. Like I grew up, I was kind of like a weenie growing up. You know, I was, you know, quiet and stand up for myself. Really. Um, would you say that you're more of an introvert? Yes. Yeah. I'm more of a, you know, yeah, more introverted. Yeah. Uh, I need time on my own sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do love being around people. Um, I have a big family, so, you know, there's always some kind of event or activity. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Always, no matter what. I got 
four brothers, one sister, like around 50 cousins. Mm-hmm. It's, we're all over San Diego. That's great. It's, it's cool that, yeah. and you, and you see them all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like after this, we're going to the Coronado, Glorieta Bay. Beautiful. We got some cousins in town from Utah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Nice. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? You know what? I would be like great, perfect, except I want to train. You know, like my my knees holding me back from, you know, getting it. I mean, I can, you know, but it would be a little too risky at this time to get in there and start training hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I popped it. I didn't go to the doctor, but it is getting better and I feel like it should be probably pretty good in about two weeks. So, yeah, that's the only thing I'm missing right now is uh, jujitsu, man. Mm-hmm. So, I did go to class Monday, Wednesday, but I didn't do any rolling. You know, I just did technique and, you know, help out the younger belts. Mm-hmm. And be and, social. Yeah, yeah, be there, you know, for the guys and the girls and the kids, especially the kids, man. Yeah, they yeah. love you. Yeah, yeah we, have, we always have fun, man. You know, the best thing, if you ever do a kids' class, they love dodgeball at the end. <laughs> got to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah, you got to reward them with dodgeball. You have to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Give me some more advice on running a kids' class in jiu-jitsu. All right. First, you got to be the assistant. Like, if you start somewhere, you kind of got to be the assistant that way. You kind of get in there, the kids familiarize with you, um, you work with somebody who knows what they're doing, because if you get out there by yourself and you don't like, it's like your first day and you got like 10 kids or whatever, they're just going to run around all crazy, man. So, I mean, unless you have some kind of experience somewhere else doing, you know, kids classes, you know, you got to work with somebody for a while to get comfortable, you know all their names, the kids respect you, they gotta have it, they gotta respect you. Yeah. You know, they gotta respect you in order to listen to you. Uh, so, um, yeah, it takes a while. I, I'd only recommend teaching like one technique, two at the max, you know. Um, I don't know if I could do it. It's, it's uh, if you can teach kids, you can teach adults. Oh, because. Uh, it's a lot harder. <laughs> If you can teach kids, you can teach adults. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, hey, I tip my hat off to you, yeah. Nick. I, uh, I really admire and appreciate anyone, anyone who works with children, uh-huh. um, but particularly in jujitsu, where mm-hmm. the kids are trying to strangle each other. I mean, well, God yeah. You know what? The, the beginning, the hard part is you got to keep your eye on them because. Kids don't know how to fall, you know, like oh, they're going to fall all weird, like their arms are going to be behind their back, like, you know, they don't know how to like tuck in right away or uh, break, fall, you know, it's not in their DNA yet. Um, so when they fall, they hit their head on the mat really hard sometimes. So you got to make yeah. sure you do a lot of break falls, a lot of falling, teaching them how to roll, how to like become a ball, keep their elbows in so, you know, they don't land on their elbows and all that. So that that's like the... When the kid is first starting out the first couple months, uh, it's them falling is a little like, okay, they're okay, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that we, we really take for granted. And like, in jiu-jitsu, I yeah. mean... Yeah, after a while of training, then you don't even think about it no more. Right. I mean, when we started, like, one of the first things that they teach you is how to fall correctly. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> I, like, did you ever skateboard growing up or anything like that? You know what? I did skateboard, and that's why I had these two scars on my chin. Oh, is that what that's from? <laughs> yeah, skateboard. I was probably like four or five. I don't know. And then I guess I never really got into skateboarding after that. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, I think it's for the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I ended up doing karate in second grade. Mm-hmm. So I used to watch all those action movies with like Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was one of my heroes back then. Uh-huh. And um, still one of my heroes. But we started doing karate, me and my cousins and my brothers. And uh, I had a really good uh, karate instru- instructor. His name was uh, Ferdy Alice. You know, taught me a lot of discipline and how to be tough when I wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. So, learned, we did a lot of roles. And actually, I heard that, you know, Frank? Or yeah. Frank Miranda? Yeah, of course. He's buddies with him. Oh, really? And I found this out maybe maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and turn you he's, up a little bit more. Go ahead. And uh, my karate sensei, he's, he's also a black belt. Mm -hmm. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu too. So he, I remember he used to teach us like, you know, soto gari, arm bars, you know, some takedowns. And he, you know, he had us kind of like well-rounded, you know, self-defense wise. Uh -huh. so. When you're doing stand-up grappling in jiu-jitsu, do you ever have uh, judo takedowns in mind that you like to do? I mean, like, like, what what would you say maybe are your top three? If you do, if you are thinking about judo, what would be your top three judo takedowns that you like to try to go for? So I love doing stand up whenever I can. Um, that's why, I like, you know, every time I was with you, I like stand up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I say my top three takedowns, uh, judo style. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it's called, but it's like you get that body lock. You know, you get the, you get you kind of come in and get the body yeah, so lock. You, kind of you get that yeah, you clench the you know their side, put your head in their chest, and you get their your knee behind their knee, and you kind of just lean them back. I've I've done that one the most in tournaments mm -hmm. because it's like real easy to get through. You get your grips and use your right hand come around the the back and grab the belt, squeeze tight. Then you could just naturally yeah, get I your think the right knee behind. Tani Otoshi, I think. Okay, Tani yeah. Otoshi? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I like that one too. Yeah, that one's real real easy in tournaments to get to. You kind of trip them, like trip the back of their Super feet. safe, super safe too. Like a super safe, like you get the grip, boom. If, if you can get in, then like w whenever I can get that arm underneath and grab the belt, um, it's it's pretty much done right there. You as like long that as you, one. Yeah, um, but sometimes some guys are good about like fighting and not letting you get that arm around their back. Uh huh. So then you got to go for something else. Mm -hmm. um, what's the one where you get the? You know, you grab the back, grab the bell, and you flip them over. You roll backwards. You flip them with the leg. Yeah. So that's a it's a sacrifice throw. Yeah, that one. I think it's called uh, Sumi Gaishi. Yeah, Sumi Gaishi. Yeah. That's one of my other favorite ones. Love it. Yeah, especially when they're, you know, they're going for a single leg. What, yeah, when they're, so you, they're going for a single leg and then you hook mm -hmm. their leg. Mm -hmm. Like you make like a butterfly hook. Yeah. When I was a blue belt, uh, this guy did this to me in, um, in the World Masters Championship. Uh -huh. I, I got the single leg, maybe like one minute left. I was gonna take him down. It was zero zero. I was gonna take him down. He was going down, and then he did that sumigashi on me. Uh, I didn't, you know. I flipped over, but I bounced up and I got up right away. But they gave him a the advantage on that one because it was a really nice move. Uh -huh. And then I lost that match. But uh, after that, I never, never forgot it. Kept I it love going. that one. Yeah. I think it's cool that you are. Uh, involved in uh, jujitsu, you're you're partners with him, right? Or uh, he's like one of my best friends. You know, he got me into jujitsu. I've known him for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, I, whenever he needs, you know, an extra hand. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm there for him. Yeah. So I before I met you, I loved that brand. Yeah. Uh, but I would never see it on the East Coast. Uh, for whatever reason, like, like, cause I, I started jujitsu in Florida uh -huh. and I'm from New York. So, uh, like in New York, we have the brands out there that are, that are New York based. So. Which, are, which ones are those? Uh, which are the main brands out there? You know something I've been, I've honestly been so <laughs> out of the loop that I'm I mean, kind of forgetting. I think the, the brand like VHTS is out there, right? Right. Yeah. Right. You see stuff I, like that. Yeah. Cause Victor, Victor would tell me they're in New York or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but I would see ads on Facebook for uh, for Jujitsuero, and I'd see all the all the cool trailers. Yeah, they're growing, man. Uh -huh. They're growing. Um, yeah, so I didn't even know that about you. I just saw I, I the first day we met. I saw that hat, and I'm like, dude, uh, I like that hat. Yeah, I was, I was wearing. I'm always I was sporting that stuff, man. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like. Um, it's crazy. I've never bought a gi. <laughs> I've never bought a gi. Well, that's not like me. I've never bought like all my jujitsu stuff. I've never, I never bought anything. Yeah. Oh, except for to. except for my six blade shirt that you know 
I saw it on the, saw it on the <laughs> website. I had to get one, you know, the the Budokan one. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had to get that one on the, the website. It was mm. good. But, um, yeah, man, it's like, I've been blessed in jujitsu. I'm coming in, you know, I'm, I'm coming in like an older guy too. I'm all, like, I started at 32, I'm 36 now. I came in, if I, I feel like they kind of like rolled the red carpet for me, but like not really, but that's how I kind of like felt coming in because I've been just been getting taken care of left and right, like, you know, been accepted and, mm-hmm. you know, treated as, you know, like I don't, I never felt like I was a white belt with them, like, oh, he's the new guy, like that. It's just like, oh, hey, what's up, bro? Like, mm-hmm. you know, always been really welcomed in that you know they're always helping me out mm-hmm. you know uh shanji's so cool yeah you know ha- you know hanging out with sanji you know you hit it off right away with him when you when you met him yeah yeah, yeah. me too that's what drew me there honestly like when i when i moved to san diego uh, i went from academy to academy and mm-hmm. i you know i'm a i'm a vibes guy i'm a it's got to feel right to mm-hmm. me when i'm in the academy mm-hmm. and uh when I came to San Diego and I walked into the U and met uh, Shanji Hibiero, after we spoke, it just it just made so much sense. I knew that he was the guy I wanted to learn from. Yeah, and that's how that's how it was with you as well, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I, I didn't meet them right away because right. uh, I was training with Leo. Yeah. Leo and, and we were training in La Jolla. Um, so I, you know, you know how I like to like you know get on top and smash and all that yeah. that's that's all leo <laughs> right that's all all those moves were all leo stuff i still use them today you know the most um but uh yeah i think i i think i actually met solo first and yeah he always like he always treated me like a like a son man it's crazy like always like i felt like always under his wing you know always took care of me beautiful yeah cool man uh, what's a talent that you wish you had? <laughs> a talent that I wish I had, huh? Yeah. Shoot. I wish I could sing and dance. <laughs> so I'm terrible at those. But, you know, I think maybe uh, with a little bit of practice, I could probably get the dancing down. But singing, I don't know about that. You wish you could sing and dance. Would you want to be a... Uh, would you want to uh, perform on stage? Like, would you um, ever, would you, I, I would, if, if I was good enough, I would, you know? You, would you do musicals? Like, here. I, I could, I, yeah, if I had the talent for it, and people wanted me to do it, and and it was like, okay, I'm doing this, let's do it, you know? Just like tournaments, you know, like, yeah, all right, hey, I, signed, me, man. I would sign up for that, you know? Cool. You have you seen a Broadway show live? I have not seen a Broadway show live. You ever been to New York? I haven't been to New York. No, not yet. You want to? Of course. I heard it's like the city of the future out there. <laughs> Someday, man, uh, I'll uh, head out there. I'll bring you out. We'll go. All right, sounds I'll show good. you New York City. It's a crazy place. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to go do a little. Um, was it vlog? <laughs> Video vlog at the different jujitsu gyms and. Yeah, but that, that's other thing. That'd be fun. Well, I I watch those flow grappling guys. Yeah, uh, travel from academy to academy all over the world, and that that just looks like so much fun. But um, you know, uh, before podcasting, I tried making vlogs. Like I had a I had a YouTube channel before this, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like holding the camera and speaking to the camera. It's a lot of work, huh? I just well. I couldn't do it. There's just something about holding the camera and like speaking to it that just uh, it doesn't feel real. Yeah, exactly. And you feel like fake, like doing that stuff. It's not natural. So, yeah, like, podcasting works because that's why I don't like taking selfies. It's like, yeah, exactly. You know. And then you're like, I mean, whole. unless it's like with my buddies, all my buddies want to take a picture. Okay, let's take a picture. You know. Of course. Yeah. It just doesn't feel real doing it like on your own. Right. <laughs> Um, but that's why podcasting is, uh, I see it working for me because, uh, we're, we're having a conversation, you know, I'm just talking with my friend. Yeah. 
so if you could, you would sing and dance, or you you want. Well, that. I feel like that's something that I really suck at. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, that's you'd want to enhance you know, that skill. Yeah, you know, I want to turn a weakness into a strength. Hell yeah! You know what I mean? Like that's. I realized that when I was maybe in ninth grade, because yeah. I was you know I was doing karate back then. I was you know I was skinny. I was like 120 pounds, and I played football. I you know I was playing flag football you know until ninth grade I started playing tackle. But I was skinny, like I was small, I was tiny, and uh, my first season I rode the bench. Mm -hmm. So, like after that, I'm like, okay, I know I'm like too small. I don't have enough, you know, power behind it. And uh, so after school, I gave up like hanging out with the other kids, and just I just went straight to the weight room mm -hmm. for every single day after school, all high school. So I went from ninth grade, one twenty, and I remember the end of my junior year. I got up to 175. Nice. So what is that, like 50 pound, 55 pounds? Jeez. Yeah. And I, I still felt like I was small. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, when I roll with you, you do not uh, feel small. You feel pretty damn strong, so just saying. Yeah, that's all that all that football weightlifting back in the day. Mm. You know, the, the old man strength, too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that turns into old man strength after a while, you know? Yeah. You know, you live for like about 20 years and it's like, okay, like that's sticking around for for good now, you know? Yeah. Would you ever want to be a, uh, like a Hollywood actor if you had the chance? Like, would would you want to be that famous? I'd be down. Yeah. I feel like I could do that. Um, but that does take a lot of other skills, you know, like, you know, just like the singing and dancing shit, it's, I would have to you know, learn the other side too. Yeah. And that's a lot of, I, I want to get my black belt first before I, you know, Step really, one. yeah, I want to get the black belt before I can start, you know, spending time developing other skills because like I want to develop my skills, become a black belt, and then I can start like looking at other things to work on because I'm one of those kind of guys, like it's hard for me to focus on different things at once. Yeah. You know, I want to be good at one specific thing I can focus on it and advance faster uh, versus me looking at you know three different things and then it's like you know I'm never gonna make it anywhere or I'm gonna go like really slow yeah if you're a jack of all trades then you're a master of none right? exactly so let's master one first exactly that's what I want to do I'm with you man especially this is going to be, by the way, anyone who's listening or watching the videos, this conversation is going to be a jujitsu dominated <laughs> uh, topic focused conversation. So, um, yeah, jujitsu is so uh, consuming. It, it's so t uh, time demanding. Like you really have to put all your eggs in that basket if you're gonna if you're gonna reach the the highest levels. Um, I feel you, man. Like, there's so many... And you gotta take care of your body. You have to take care of your body. You have to, because... You have to eat right, you have to sleep right. I'm, uh, you know... I'm getting banged up a little bit here and there, but... Uh, you know, just like... I mean, I used to get banged up in football, too, but... You know, I gotta, you know, make sure you ice up. And you know what's crazy? I think out of, like, all my teammates and stuff, I probably got injured the least, I think, because of karate because we did a lot of like you know front rolls back rolls all the break falls and all those things and i think that that helped me stay more injury free than other kids when i was playing so actually i'm coaching football now mm -hmm. uh, i started coaching my nephew's team uh flag it's the youngest kids i've ever coached the six and seven year olds mm -hmm. um we had our second practice yesterday and I had them. I had them doing uh, break falls. Uh huh. And I've never had a football practice where we practice break falls. Wow. So I know, like, I'm gonna instill that into them. I, you know, break. You know, I just did break falls yes yesterday. The next practice, I'm gonna do some front rolls, and then the practice after that, some back rolls, and then you know, uh, start incorporating a little bit of that stuff, uh, a little bit every day into their warm ups. I think that's so cool. Um, 
I never played football. I played lacrosse a little mm -hmm. bit mm -hmm. uh, back back home. And they don't teach you how to fall. They don't teach you how to fall. You, and any you, like the injuries that we would have that we would have are from falling. Are from falling. Most yeah. most of the, most of the time, right? Just like falling wrong. Or like they they hit you. You fall. You hit that. You hit the helmet on the side of the you know on the field, on the floor and. You know, a lot of kids get, uh, you know, headaches or, you know, especially the concussions. You yeah. know, everybody's talking about concussions. Like, uh, you know, football took a big hit um, after that movie came out. What was that movie again with the concussions? With uh, Will Smith? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was probably a concussion or something like that. You I don't know. know. It's, uh, it's noon on Sunday. It might as well, yeah. you know, to me, that's like, this might as well be 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh yeah, I told the, you know, most of the, I mean, I remember getting hit and, you know, going down. Um, not every time I could protect myself, but, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I did hit my helmet on the floor, you know, because, you know, when they're tackling you, you kind of don't have control sometimes. So I remember I do getting a few um, bad hits where, you know, where it flashes wide, you know, the whole, your eye, you lose your, your side, everything—it looks like a like a TV screen, you know, like with a static TV screen. Yeah. Everything turns black and staticky, and then oh. and then everything slowly comes back, and then you're a little bit dizzy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that would have been cool if uh, when I was playing lacrosse, if we had some lessons where we learned how to fall. Yeah, fall, roll over your shoulder, you know, tuck your chin. So that's what that's the next thing I'm trying to work on with. The, the next kids I'm coaching and hopefully we can take these kids all the way from like six seven all the way up the ranks till you know we let them go to high school you know because mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's my nephew's team um, and yeah we just want to create a little dynasty you know yeah and I got most of my cousins coaching with us so it's kind of the first time we actually get to have basically full control over a team and I'm really excited about that. The, the team is your baby. It is. Yeah. It is. It's like a newborn baby. Uh, we got a lot of kids, and the practice has been going well. Uh, the kids are really listening. Uh, my brother, he's been coaching football longer than me, so he's probably at least at least got 10 seasons under his belt, all levels, all different levels, you know, from youth to high school. And I've coached a lot with him, but maybe a few less seasons, maybe like eight or nine I think I have so he probably, he's probably coached at least 12 and um, he's doing really good I told him last year I'm like man you gotta you gotta take control of a team because you're you'd be the best qualified out of anybody any other like coach to like take control of it you know mm -hmm. you'd be the best one so I'm glad he, he was able to get the opportunity Nick I'm happy that you're so passionate about it. I'm happy that you you sound very passionate about this project, and I'm happy that you have it, dude. Yeah, man. Like I love, I love football, mm -hmm. and and you watch it. Actually, I kind of stopped watching. Well, maybe like last five years, I took a, like a big step back, and I've been more into like jujitsu, martial arts. Yeah. What What do you watch? Do you are you watch you watch UFC, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I missed the last one, and I was like, kill, you know, kicking myself for it because I heard it was so good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love watching UFC. Uh, I used to be like religiously watching football every Sunday, uh -huh. every Sunday, all day. And I used to study the players that of the positions that I used to play, uh, mainly like Ray Lewis. Um, yeah. What's What's your favorite team? The Chargers. I was, you know. Cause I'm from San Diego. Uh, I've been a big Charger fan my whole life. I remember my first memory. That makes sense. Yeah, my first memory is me like playing cars. I don't know how old I'm. Probably like two or three. Uh -huh. And then my dad and grandpa, are, you know, watching football. I don't even know what's going on, but I know it was the Chargers because my grandpa was yelling. <laughs> he was mad at the TV. <laughs> and but I just remember playing that, and I always wanted to play. And we'd always. I'd always play with my cousins. Like, you know, every time it's like a holiday, we go out in the yard and just play football with each other. And then we ended up playing flag. And then when some of us went to high school together, me, my brother, my cousin, Baron, and Michael, we all played on the same team. And 
we ended up being you know state champions in high school um it was it was quite a ride it was weird because i didn't get good at tackle until i was a senior uh and then i didn't even know i was good <laughs> you know what i mean and then you know i'm like i realized like, oh shit i'm I guess I'm pretty good. I played every game. We were undefeated. I was playing middle linebacker. It was my first year playing defense. And then at the end of the game, we won. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, I'm like, I finally got good, and now it's over. <laughs> but I didn't realize I was going to keep playing. Yeah. I, that's how I feel about lacrosse. It wasn't until, like, the very tail end of my... Your career? Yeah, that I actually developed like skill where I could put the ball in the back of the net yeah and then uh, and then I had to shift gears and uh, and, and it's over it's sad, it's sad putting it away right it's sad having to having to end a chapter yeah and uh, well it's that in, it's that time in between ending it and not knowing exactly like what the next chapter is gonna be yeah I mean the next chapter for me was martial arts mm -hmm. how old were you when you started uh, lacrosse or no, uh, uh, jujitsu, martial arts. Okay, when did you, so, you start first? What martial art did you do first? Yeah, so I did Muay Thai first. Mm -hmm. uh, How old were you? Let's see. So it was after lacrosse. It was after lacrosse. I started Muay Thai in uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah, because I did Muay Thai for three years, and then I started jujitsu in twenty sixteen. Uh, but, um... Okay, so you started jujitsu about two years before me. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, the first year I did jujitsu, it was no-gi only, mm -hmm. and I did it for, like, two days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was, the thing is, I was still doing Muay Thai and as I was doing jujitsu, mm -hmm. and I, like, I had to get sold on jujitsu. I, like... I fell in love with jujitsu from the first class, mm -hmm. um, but I, I needed a little bit more time to really recognize that that was really the martial art that spoke to me the most, and that was the one I wanted to do uh, in terms of longevity. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know you gotta practice to stand up, you know, because every fight starts standing up. Sure. But after a while, you know. It kind of, for me, it kind of like depends on your athleticism, you know. Yeah. I mean, the technique is a lot also, but for sparring, you can't be sparring like well, you to, can't, to, into your twilight days, you know? You can't regularly be practicing hitting someone's head. Yeah. You know, or yeah. Getting, getting hit in the head yeah. yourself. You're, yeah, you're going to suffer brain damage. Yeah. I think... It's, I think it's really, really important uh, for someone to learn, A, how to protect their face, yeah. how to protect their head, Yeah. right? Like, if you're in a standing altercation... You gotta defend yourself. Understand that, like, this is the valuable mm -hmm. stuff right here. Mm -hmm. It's all valuable, but, like, this is the, this is the most important piece right here, so, yeah. like, better keep that protected. And then... Uh, learning how to throw a proper jab, cross, and hook, right? Like, mm -hmm. and especially like when you throw that jab, like keep, you gotta, you gotta, no, you gotta keep defending while you're attacking. You have to keep defended while you're attacking. Yeah. And I think that you kind of like when you learn how to swim, or when you learn how to ride a bike. Like, there's certain skills that once you have the fundamental understanding of them, uh, you. It's good to know those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to be Michael Phelps, but it's good to know how to. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to be in the use, be in the water. Yeah, you, you can't get lost. You can't, you know, you can't be drowning if you just jump in the water. Yeah, you gotta be able to float. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think um, I feel like uh, what what we need a little bit more is a little bit more like self defense every once in a while. Yeah, just... Sometimes we get a little bit too much into the sport. I'm definitely guilty of that, you yeah. know, because I'm a guard player myself. I uh -huh. like to play close guard a lot, and uh, this is something I'm working on, is uh, recognizing when I'm really vulnerable. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if I... When I go for deep half guard, and, you know, the side of my head is, like, right there, mm -hmm. laying... 
It's like in a, in a real fight, somebody's just going to punch you in the yeah, face. Yeah, someone's just going to hammer down on <laughs> yeah. you. So um, it's good to have jujitsu that also protects your face at the same time. Or it's like if you get into deep path, you better make a move real quick. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't sit around if you're going to be in, 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 in those situations. I mean, they, they could work really well. But if you hesitate, if you wait around, then you're going to get, um, you know, if you're not getting them off balance where they have to find their balance and, and plan out with their hands, then, yeah. then that's not good jujitsu. I was listening to an interview. Self-defense-wise. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I was listening to an interview the other day uh, where a, um, I think it was a, a Mitsuyo Maeda quote, mm. he said, uh, if you are doing jujitsu and they can touch your face, mm. then you're doing jujitsu wrong. Did you say that to me? I, I, I think I saw that the other day too. No, I, it wasn't. I, I saw somebody said. Or it might have been Elio Gracie. He might have been. It might have been Elio Gracie. I, I think. Did you listen to the uh, the Mason Fowler interview on, uh, on BJJ Fanatics? No, I didn't. Okay, no. that's where I heard it from. I, I I heard that about a week ago too. Yeah. I yeah. Watching. So. You have been in San Diego your whole life. My whole life, man. And you love it. I love it. It's hard to leave. Um, it would have to be a really big opportunity for me to leave. Because, you know, I got my nieces and nephews. I got to be, you know, I got, I got uncle duties. Okay. You know, I got responsibilities. You're a family man. Yeah, I, I don't have my own family, but I am a family man, you know? Yeah. That's the number one thing for me. Mm. You know, that's why I'm always like coaching with my brother because my brother's like, "Hey, we kind of need your help on the defensive side or whatever." I'm always there for him. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been, we also been, we've been teammates. Actually, I think my brother's probably gonna start training next week. He's about, yeah, he's about to have a baby, so he's gonna be off work, so he's gonna have a little bit more free time, so he might start training next week. So I'll probably try to go as much as I can. Okay, so you have been in San Diego your whole life. What makes a good burrito? <laughs> what makes a good burrito? Well, here, let me, let me ask this one first. Best burrito in San Diego. Go. Ooh. Um, so, like, best burrito spot or the best type of burrito? Best burrito spot first. I want to hear both. But. All right, I got to give a shout-out to my boy, uh, George. The guac is extra far fan <laughs> for the Lolita's burritos. Okay, I've Lo had the Lolita's. Hey, Lolita's, Lolita's, everybody. Yeah, yeah, George is cool. He's got he's he's a black belt also. So yeah, he's a guy. He's a black belt and he has his own school in Chula Vista, the Chula Vista Jiu Jitsu Club on Third Avenue. Yeah, he's a good. Uh, he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's always wearing Jiu Jitsu too. And why are the burritos in San Diego so good? Oh, because we got the real Mexicans over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's glad. It's just. It's just in the DNA, man. That's it. You know. Have you ever gone to another state and had a burrito there? And like, tell me what I want to hear. Yeah, it's like I don't know. They're not using the right tortillas or something. You know, just the. <laughs> I don't know the way they do it. It's. It's like missing something. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I don't know the the sauce is not you know whatever. Just, there's always like something missing from it. Mm -hmm. You know, but over here we got uh, we got the best man. Okay, so a question I asked you already is, uh, what's a talent that you wish you you had? Let me ask you this: What's a hidden talent that you have? What's a secret talent that not many people? know that Nick Martinez has. Alright, I could do this thing with my, my eyes. Watch, check this out. Is this, is this on video too? It's on video, go ahead. Oh, no way! <laughs> uh, for the listeners who are, who are just uh, using um, audio only, uh, he's able to um, essentially individually single out each eyeball and move them uh, independently from one another. That was the best way I could describe it. Nice. Good job, Nick. I think I started doing that in eighth grade. <laughs> I can't do that. That's, a, that's definitely a hidden talent. 
Very good. Nick, what's the meaning of life? That's a complex question, <laughs> but uh, for me, it's like discovering who you really are. Not who you think you are, but just like understanding yourself to a higher level to where you start gaining more patience and all these different situations and you can you know think things through logically and try to be your best you know you don't have to be the best but you have to be your best at whatever you're doing and it's and it's hard to discover like who you really are because a lot of people don't know who they are you know they don't know what they really want you know i know a lot of my life i I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but you know, once you start discovering the things that you love, and you kind of start doing that like daily, uh, you become a lot happier. And people see that, people notice that. That's the vibe check right there. You know, when when you see that somebody's doing the things that they're meant to do, and, you know, you you can feel that. You know. I think that's what it is. Mm. What about you? What's the meaning of life? Yeah. Mm. Well, so I believe in God. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> I haven't always believed in God, mm. um, but I do now. When did it change for you? It changed for me actually uh, when I got to college. Um, when I got to college, first of all, I met a person, uh, I met a, a rabbi who really just got me to, uh, to rethink everything. He, um, helped me to see that it's not irrational to think that this crazy world of ours this amazing universe was created. You know, I used to think the idea that we have a, the idea that we might have a creator, I used to think that that was uh, crazy. Crazy. I used to think it was like superstitious, right? Like Santa Claus or, you know, like the Tooth Fairy or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, Easter Bunny. <laughs> I don't think it's irrational anymore. I don't think it's so crazy. I mean, there's so much about this, about this world, about this universe that's just so unexplainable. I mean, when you really... Just the way everything down, works, right? It, like, when you really boil it down, we know next to nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, we know so little. And um, really, it just came down to uh, humbling myself and having the, uh, having the humility to admit that... Um, there are there, there's bigger forces at work mm -hmm. than than myself, and so I think that we have a creator, and not just that we have a creator, but I also think that we were created intentionally, like we were created with a purpose, mm -hmm. and. I realize I'm giving this like long, uh, long-winded, mm. roundabout answer to your question. Uh, what is the meaning of life? But do you think, um, do you think all of your choices have already been planned, or you kind of have free will on that? Okay. All right. So the the free will question, right? Yeah. It's like, do you think do you think that there was already a plan, and you're just going through this plan that was like already scripted? Okay, so check, you know, check or, this out. Or you think like you got options and you can do whatever you like, whatever you are, like you can do whatever you want. Good question, Nick. Okay, so here's my take on free will. Um, so I think that if God is all powerful, all knowing, all. So, like, omnipotent, omniscient. God can do everything, God knows everything, God is everywhere, omnipresent, right? So in other words, if there's nothing that God can't do, then therefore God already knows 
what the future is. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no time, right? Like, time is something that we experience as humans. Mm -hmm. So, but that's not the that's not the story with God. If God is all, right? If God is infinite, if God is infinity, mm -hmm. then there is no time. There's no future. There's no past. There's no future. There, past, present, future, it's all the same. So therefore, God already knows everything. So therefore, mm. the there, therefore your future, Nick, mm. is already planned. It's already, no like, I think of it like this. I think of it like the, the storybook is already completely written. Mm -hmm. The book is finished. You're on a page in the middle of the book mm -hmm. right now. Now, is it only one book or is it multiple books? You have a book, I have a book, and the whole world... Well, I mean, our story is in the same book, like me and you okay. right here, right? This one. But what I'm saying is, you know how they talk about, uh, it's the universe? Uh-huh. What if there's a multiverse? So, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really believe in the whole multiverse. Thing. Okay, okay. Well, here's, here's the thing. Hey, man, I, for me, it's possible. I don't know. I, I okay. Mean, <laughs> well, like, let's say you that know, Just like you say, we can't know everything. Let's say that there's multiple universes. Well, then just take take all of those and put them into like one. Is that a bookcase? Yeah, take take all the multiverses and then put them into one bag. Okay, that's the universe. Mm -hmm. See, like what what we're calling the universe, the word universe, it's like one verse. Uni means one. Mm -hmm. So, like when I say the universe, I what I mean is everything. Okay. So is that like where university comes from? I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not... The, <laughs> the etymology of the word university, um, I can't say I, I'm quite an expert of, but... So, here's the thing about free will, Nick. This is my take on it. Whether or not our stories are already known mm. to God, mm. whether or not it's already been pre-planned, it doesn't matter to us because from our perspective mm -hmm. we don't know we're we're blind of it we're ignorant of it so therefore our experience is as though we we do have free will it our experience is is as though mm -hmm. we're free to choose we're free to we have a fork in the road. We can go left. We can go right. Mm -hmm. Even even if God knows I'm gonna go right, mm -hmm. even if that's already been predetermined, mm -hmm. my experience don't is know. I don't. I can go either way. So, be, having that choice, having that that fifty fifty split, we're living one moment at a time. We're living one moment at a time, and so our perspective is we do have free will, and that's what matters. The perspective. If we knew, if we if we already knew what we were going to do, then we wouldn't have free will, because then we would be a slave to to the truth, to the to the mm -hmm. outcome of uh, of our own destinies. It's because we don't know. So do you, you know, like whenever he says they go to heaven, that um, then it's just like pure happiness or whatever. If you do deserve you, that, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Um, when you go, you're just enlightened by the truth, and that's why you don't. That's that that creates the happiness. Uh, here's what I think, and this is just what I think. Yeah, you know, it's it's my podcast, and I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna speak my. Uh, I know you like getting. In, I know you like getting to this stuff. That's I why. love it. I, I love yeah. getting diving deep, and that's uh, I, I want to do it on this podcast more. I'm glad mm -hmm. that we're uh, glad that we're going there. Um, Nick, what was your question? <laughs> Shoot. Um, oh, oh, are you talking about uh, heaven? Oh, okay, okay. So, so I think we have a creator, right? And we are the creation, right? Now, the creation is finite. Um, but I think the only explanation for the creator is that the creator has to be infinite. Because if the creator is not infinite, if the creator 
in is finite, mm -hmm. well then we have to ask the question, well then what created the creator? Mm -hmm. Right? So then you run into that paradox of... It keeps going and going. Yeah, who's the creator's creator? Mm -hmm. Okay, well then who's the creator's creator's creator? And so forth. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, the creator is infinite and the creation is finite. Okay? So we are in the finite and then outside of the finite, that is the, that's the infinite source. Mm -hmm. Right? So here's what I think. I think when we die, we return to the source. To the source. So then, in the source, you have truth, knowledge, and light, and everything. everything. You have access to everything, right? We're back to the source. Yeah. So then, it's just you're in a the now, source spot. I do also think that I believe that too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Cool, man. But I think your experience of the source may vary based on what were you doing yeah uh, a lot of the choices you made right like i think but then yeah but then that goes to you're like you think we have choices but we really don't because everything's already written kind of is that what you're thinking it doesn't matter if everything's already written mm -hmm. because from our perspective while we are alive we don't know it and so, so when we so go to the source, the source is already saving us a spot. This is going to be your spot. But we don't know until we're there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, um, let's go ahead and uh, and wrap up. You know, I think we're at uh, we at? we're at maybe oh, almost an hour. Okay. Uh, it's a good time. I want to say uh, I want to say thank you again for being you. You were my third guest on the podcast, and uh, this is the this is the point. This is the moment when I'm gonna get uh, a little sappy. Mm -hmm. I love you, dude. I love you, you too, know. man. That's why that's why I'm here, man. I haven't seen you for a while, and uh, you know, I miss training with you. Yeah. You know, you uh, you you took me to another level while while I was training with you. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I I don't often uh, think that way. Um, yeah, I mean, in jujitsu, you know, I, I like to focus a lot on uh, uh, my guard. I like to focus on uh, defensive, mm -hmm. that the defensive aspect. I, I'm more of a counter jujitsu player, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, when when they watch other people doing jujitsu, they're very like go 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 aggressive, like get on top, stay on top. Well, that that yeah, that makes like uh, good highlights, you know. It makes for good highlights until yeah, like more you, energy until you get messed until up. you overcommit and get and get swept and now you've exerted all your energy mm -hmm. and now you're exhausted and now the fight begins and, mm -hmm. and you know, a new fight. Right. So you know, I, I've always been a uh, a counter jujitsu player, and you know, I, I don't really feel like there's too many of those out there. So um, I you know I, I challenge people when and, and when when we first uh, started rolling, I would just because you and I really do have opposite uh, jiu-jitsu huh? styles. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really like a yin and yang kind of thing. You're, mm -hmm. I'm really more of a bottom guard player. I'm, I'm looking for the sweep, you know. I'm trying to off-balance you and get the kazushi and then impose my game. And, um, and that's what I've always tried to do with you. And, and, and I, I know from uh, from training with you that you uh, you took some lessons from me mm -hmm. with that and mm -hmm. I remember at the tail end of our of our time uh, training at the same school mm -hmm. I remember you were working on your guard and you were pulling off some some sweeps I remember the scissor sweep in particular which mm -hmm. is my favorite mm -hmm. and uh, that made me really proud and uh, you know I hope your hope your knee heals up a bit so you can get back on the mats and we can you know we can keep at it and yeah, it's almost ready. It's almost ready. I'll be back soon. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're one of the best friends that I've, uh, that I've made out here in San Diego. And, I mean, what more can I say, dude? I'm super, super grateful that you, that you're here. And, uh, thank you for being my third guest, Nick. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Hello listeners, you have officially made it to the end of this episode of the podcast Perplexium. 
I wanted to take a moment at the end here to talk about an amazing app and website called Anchor. After launching my podcast, the number one question I got from family and friends was, how exactly did I get my episodes up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts? Well, the answer is Anchor. If you want to start your very own podcast, or if you ever have even thought about starting your own podcast, Anchor is the way to go because it's so easy and best of all, it's completely free to use. I especially love Anchor because my podcast is also recorded on video and will upload my finished video to Spotify and then automatically upload a stripped audio only file from the video to Apple and Google Podcasts all with one click of a button. It couldn't be easier. Again, if you ever wanted to start your own podcast, choose the distributing service Anchor by going to www.anchor.fm or search for the app by typing in Anchor on the Apple App Store. Until next time, Dylan Fathoms, signing out.